Oh man, Far Cry Instincts. Yeah. Were we playing it before the the podcast? Right. We were just sitting on the couch. I think so. Yeah. I think we were just playing. Playing. I don't remember what Far Cry Instincts even is. It's just, so that's how good it is. Xbox. Xbox port. It was like completely on rails. Yeah. Like objective arrow. Always mm-hmm. pointing like a huge cartoon. Follow your instincts. <laughs> yeah, follow your <laughs> instincts. What's the tagline? I mean, Aris says your instincts. <laughs> yeah. On the other side. <laughs> Our art director was a political cartoonist. <laughs> <laughs> It's October 21st, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 233. I'm Chris Remo. I'm James Spafford. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Nick Brecken. Welcome back, Nick. Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. We got, we got an email last week from <laughs> I heard someone. I this email. Yeah. Someone who's pretty new to the podcast and was confused as to why every time you're on the podcast, we're wel- welcoming you back as though you've been gone for a long time. Yeah. So... Welcome back. Thanks. It's been a while. No, Woo! it has been a long time. Yeah. Where have you been? Uh, nowhere special. <laughs> Marin County. Marin County. Yeah. So far away, man. Mm, yeah. Well, welcome back. Yeah. Do you thanks. play any video games at all? Uh, well, I know that you just now played Daddy Long Legs. That's true. I told you to. I did Daddy play that Lo- game. Daddy Long Legs. Daddy Long Daddy. Legs. Daddy. We talked about, we talked about this. <laughs> Nick, you don't even know what we're doing here. <laughs> Just Nick, how would you say "Daddy Long Legs" in a notable way? D- uh, Daddy Long Legs. <laughs> I don't That's know what sound of, of this hit song "Daddy Long Legs" that vocal belongs in. Yeah. Okay. Daddy Long Legs. Daddy. Daddy Long Legs. Daddy. Um, but yeah, I played that weird game. I, I really enjoyed. So you set yeah. you set me up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I just said download Daddy Long Legs, and I didn't say anything about it. And I really enjoyed your dawning realization. Yeah, as you started to perceive that this game is basically a Quapa like. Yeah, it. I it, mean, that's it. Took, it, took, it, short, a, it took one. Sure, yeah, I mean, it took one fall and then a re-up and then, re- and then yeah. realizing oh yeah this is oh this is what i'm doing this now. is yeah <laughs> in one of these games i'm doing this again i'm falling on my face yeah. uh i like the yeah. quapa like as a genre now i guess i know that you've just coined <laughs> i mean you could i mean I, you could arguably say that games like surgeon simulator and stuff are a sort of i guess so that's yeah. about like when you consider how far something Octodad. like spelunky is from the original rogue i would say that that's I, I would say that you could if that's a, if that's a roguelike, or if if even something like um, uh, sub level zero, which we talked about also recently, if something like that is referred to as a roguelike, then I'm pretty sure Surgeon Simulator and Daddy Long Legs are quapa likes. Okay, and Octo Dad and Octo yeah. Dad, Octo Dad, and all Goat all Simulator, this, that sumo wrestling thing from whenever ago. <laughs> Oh, that that Rastavat, that bread game. Uh, just, oh yeah, oh, yeah I, bread. Am bread. Yeah, I am bread. I am bread. So basically, just you're you're saying that Minotaur China Shop maybe is like mm. a, a cousin, <laughs> you know, a different evolutionary branch of Quapalikes. It's a little different, but the ones that are just like that are just like, movement. The uh, the other the genre name that I prefer is Physics Hell. 
<laughs> yeah, that's good. Or fups. What you need to do is combine bullet hell and physics hell into the most terrible experience. <laughs> if you had to evade like waves, your of waves spaceship of is just two guns held together bullets. by a rubber band <laughs> with <the> two <laughs> legs stuck out of it, <laughs> sort of waddle along the ground like in Space Invaders. This is just a big dog game. Oh man. Oh yeah. <laughs> You are the big dog's AI algorithm. Man, uh, the forums have been talking about doing another uh, Wizard Jam game jam, Idle Thumbs game jam. Talking about a wonderful winter Wizard Jam. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, this sounds like a good, a good pitch. It's Quapa likes. Well, this like weird a big dog Quapa like. Quapa like. Big dog Quapa like. Did you see that big dog DARPA it's a bit early for robot news? But I just did you see that big dog alike? It's not actually a big dog that had a friend that was a drone. That like a friend, they have yeah. friends and now. So it's That's the more disturbing thing. word than the. T- <laughs> yeah, he has this little drone, and the drone like flies up high, and then like scouts out the landscape and reports back oh my on God. the landscape to oh, the this dog is clearly, to provide oh. it with the optimum in the route. in the wow. in the big in the big dog bullet hell quapa like physics hell thing. thing. If it is, if that is just like a sh- insane physics-driven Gradius game, but you play as a big dog, it absolutely makes sense that you would have a quadcopter drone that you can get out of a little pellet somewhere that, that floats around and helps you out. Yeah. All those games are all about having a stupid floaty, a stupid That's floater. True. Yeah. <laughs> stupid <laughs> They're all about friend. having that stupid floater. <laughs> true. But yeah, in this game, it would, it would be, uh, it would still be a quadcopter, but it would for no reason at all be affixed to you by way of two elastic ropes. <laughs> they can get yeah, stuck you would control the copter yeah. using the right analog and control yourself with the left analog. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But one of the axes of the analog stick actually just retracts and extends the cable that connects the drone to your big dog, and that's how you. Right. It's going to be good. Yeah. So, any thoughts on Daddy Long Legs? No, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get it on the I, yeah. iOS store. It's it's it's, it's, it's funny. Thoughts. Yeah, it's it's worth a it's worth a minute. Mm-hmm. It's worth a at minute least. at least. Yeah. Last week, Chris was excited about it about it being your life, Nick. It is pretty preposterous in that. <laughs> Well, I didn't realize you can um, sort of upgrade your. I don't. Your I don't daddy. Know, what, you can upgrade your daddy. I think that's all cosmetic, which, though. Uh, it's not though. I oh, got not. I got a rocket pack, and it suddenly Wait, elongated my body and made me a completely different daddy. Guy. Completely, completely different oh, like species the sort of, of like horse of daddy? daddy. Yeah, horse daddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Horse daddy. That's not really an upgrade. It's basically just a different game. Well, like, that's what I mean. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it's yeah, it's a totally different. Experience. It's a totally different game. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think big daddies? And Daddy Long Legs, rather, and <laughs> Big Dogs. Are there any relation? Yeah. I mean, if someone were to make this... Ro- okay, so Daddy Long Legs <laughs> is a game where you try and like walk with a long, two-legged, sort of weird creature. Like a daddy. A, yeah. a daddy, if one might say, if you will. And it has... It's like a, basically a little square at the top, and then yeah. really long legs, as you might guess. And if someone, someone were to make that into an autonomous robot... It would be the most terrifying <laughs> thing to encounter. A sort of Petman sequel. Yeah, if, were, if, if Petman it would just had be called to... a Daddy Long Legs. That's yeah, what everyone would, would call be called that. that yeah. when it That's has... what it would be called, like in the Half Life Two universe, or like yeah, the, right. You know yeah, exactly. The, whatever. Like someone would shout, "Daddy Long Legs!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the rockets would start flying yeah, and like right. weird, like yeah, yeah horn noise <laughs> would occur. Fire the hole! Yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As, I'll come with you. Uh, I'll stay here. I'll come with you. 
He'll just start blasting out his theme tune. Daddy Long Legs. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know. That's oh, you, can, shit. you can tell the Daddy Long Legs by their distinctive right. cry. Daddy Long Legs. No, this is just that Skyrim video where, like, they put in like the weird Spider-Man, like Macho Man guy, like the Spider-Man Macho Man. <laughs> Randy Savage. Yeah, it's the, it's the Spider-Man with, like, a weird folded back. Like, they just took a spider, skinned it as, like, Spider-Man suit, and then put Macho Man's, like, face on the front of oh, it. Oh, so it is a Spider-Man Macho just, Man. Like, oh, yeah, just, like, do, like, Macho Man, like, sound of it as he's, like, run. Or maybe I'm is combining this a, Is two. this a reference to anything or some kind of joke? No, it just made, like, that, that scene <laughs> is what... The- no, no, I know, but I mean the the thing that you're actually describing is that yeah. this is this is I might the, be combining two. Is that derived from some weird? It's, like, it's the Skyrim mod be. version of that Team Fortress Two cheaters map that has the giant cat that comes out of it and cheats everyone. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. It yeah. barfs bees. But that the joke is just that the internet loves cats. Like right. Macho Man, Spider Man. <laughs> pretty sure a spider. Pretty sure it's real. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, there's no, definitely no, no. a Macho Man I am mod. Not contesting that this is real. There's definitely a Spider Man mod. I'm not. I'm sure. not expressing doubt that somebody made this. Are you kidding? <laughs> like that's not. <laughs> I'm just curious what its provenance is. Yeah, who knows? Mm. It's from that classic Spider Man, Spider Macho Man meme. Oh right, that's yeah. true. I, you, I found that on knowyourmeme.com, <laughs> a website that I've frequented more than I would care to admit. <laughs> because you're just like, what is this Like, what is, the, what is this uh, thing now? Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys never been to Know Your Meme? We've yeah. all been to Know Your Meme. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure that I wasn't crazy here. Yeah. It sucks because memes are like, it's a thing that's supposed to just self perpetuate and just be in a collective consciousness. But then if you have to, you have to look up what it is. Well, it's kind of there's defeating just it's... infinite of them, right? What's like, this yeah. doge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the word me- like meme has sort of been downgraded to just like an image that's yeah, funny just joke is kind of the, what it, that is now. <laughs> it doesn't need to have sort of perpetuated itself very far to get called that. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, so you you were shopping for Halloween costumes on Know Your Meme, <laughs> mm-hmm. and instead I found this this game called Downwell uh, oh, that is weird. really good that I've been playing for hours and hours since it since it came out. Uh, this is a game that I had never heard of until the day before its release. Doug Wilson, who was the designer of Johann Sebastian Joust, uh, he started tweeting about this game called Downwell on the eve of its release, and I had never heard of it. And I know that Doug is a big uh, champion of Spelunky and has been for a long time. And that was a game that I played for hundreds of hours and just absolutely love. And he started talking about this game in similar language and saying that he thinks in some cases it like, you know, surpasses. He, he more or less said Downwell is the new Spelunky, yes. which made he Chris Ramos of the world go. Really? <gasps> yeah. He basically, he basically said that. Yes. Um, and I still didn't know what it was. And then it came out on iOS and I played it on iPhone first and what it is is a vertical, um, procedurally generated. I guess you could call it a roguelike, at least in the you know the way that people use that word now very loosely. Uh, but you are essentially it's like a spelunka like. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely a post spelunky game. Like I, 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 I think I differ at least based on my, how much I've played of it so far. I differ with Doug about how much I would say it is sort of a direct successor to Spelunky, or how much it sort of surpasses Splunky. I don't really think that's a useful comparison personally. Um, but the a thing that he is, I think, getting at that I that I do strongly feel is that it is the product of a post-Spelunky world. Like, this is a game that was designed by someone 
who has played that game and you know like yeah. it is it, it is one of the creations that points to how important Splunky is and like just the influence it has had and so anyway what it is it's it's named and it's sort of a tongue-in-cheek name because you literally just go down a well that's all you do for the whole game you play a character the title screen is actually just a well which you jump into yes exactly <laughs> and the word down well above it and your your character has these gun boots so if you're standing on solid ground and you and you hit the there's one button there's left right and a single other button if you hit that button you jump and then if you hit the button while you're in the air you will fire bullets out of your boots and those will sort of slow your descent a little bit um to help, so you can maneuver yeah they a work a little easily. bit as like a retro rocket exactly and then they also obviously <clears throat> shoot enemies you can also bounce on enemies heads kind of mario or spelunky style uh, which in all cases, at least that I've encountered so far, is a sort of one bounce kill. Um, unless it's a spiky enemy, in which yeah, case... Unless, right, unless the enemy has, you know... Yeah, there's... Yeah. there's enemies in classic are, platforming Right, fashion. there's enemies that are spiky that you can't jump on, and there's like there's turtles that have shells that you can't shoot and have to jump on. Right, exactly. And and that pretty much describes what, you're, what you do, essentially for the whole game, is you just fall down and down and down as well, which is a... a the, you know, it is a fixed width. You can't go beyond the bounds of the screen either left or right all you can do is go down forever and in fact this you can't go one it's only down you can't it's, go back up It'll it's reminiscent in structure you. of just like really vertical areas in 2d metroid games yes for sure or i guess and it, god it reminds and, me of metroid yes, 2 it, also, actually, the, it is a an, an, a really interesting thing about the game is that it is strictly a two <clears throat> color palette so it is i mean i guess three, three, three technically you, yeah, it is technically a three color palette Ugh. yes um which by default is black white and red um although as you play more and you collect more gems which is the in-game currency you just sort of passively unlock more color palettes and this is i think jake a thing you would probably most appreciate about this game have you looked through its alternate color yeah the color palettes are all really nice i think i've unlocked four or five of them or something like I've, i've played only under an hour of it um i actually liked the way that the gem unlock thing works in general because this it's a game you know like Spelunky or Binding of Isaac or something, where when you die, you just it's, it, your a death is a wipe, like you're just gone. And you have to start over. But gems, sort of gem unlocking, is a fixed thing that is additive across playthroughs. So like if you collect 300 gems on your first life and then 300 more on your second life, a progress bar fills up saying you have 600 gems towards a thousand, and at a thousand you just get something, right? Whether you it's either a, a new play mode or uh, a new color palette, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Some kind of rogue legacy. Yeah, it's, it's a very, well, very small... sort of, but except that in Rogue Legacy, you have to... Like, in Rogue Legacy, you're doing that to continually progress through a campaign. Yeah, true, Whereas yeah. in this game, you actually start from zero every single You basically, time. you unlock, like, new ultra-high meta-level features in this game. Yeah, you, nothing you do, that affects the game. It's just sort of rewarding they, continuous play with so, something yeah, tangible. They yeah. do, they, so there are two things you can unlock. You can unlock color palettes, which are purely cosmetic, obviously, and then you can unlock play styles, which do affect the gameplay... But in ways that have trade offs, like they, so I have swinging arms mode or something like that. Yeah, so swinging arm style uh, (laughs) means that the only power ups you find are gun power ups, for instance. And so you find a lot more gun power ups, or not really power ups, but just sort of different gun pickups. But you don't find other things. And I think there's another trade off. The the most of these feel to me like sort of there's some weighting changes as well. Sorry, there's some, just uh, some waiting changes. Oh, okay, um, what the, the one that I've now unlocked that I can't imagine ever, ever, ever wanting to change is levitate style, 
which just makes you fall a little more slowly. Mm, and oh, like, that sounds really useful. Yeah. The game is frantic. It is so frantic. This game, yeah. one of the things that really distinguishes this game from Zvolenki is that it is just heart pounding the entire time because you are constantly contending with gravity. Like gravity is sort of an intrinsically terrifying force in the universe because we can't really control it very well. I mean, like, you know, we have planes and things, but like gravity is just this constant force exerted on all of us. And in this game, there's always farther down to go. You're always yeah. just going down, 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 and down, if down. If you stop for too long, the, the enemy types that just seek you out and float towards you are going to just fuck you up. So yeah. you, you don't ever want to stop for too long unless it's just to sort of angle yourself to more appropriately jump onto something or to jump off an edge. Also yeah. because stopping is the way that you recharge your guns, right? That's how you... Yeah, so... Well, touching the ground Touching, the ground, touching yeah. the ground or touching an enemy. Yeah, bopping an enemy. Yeah. 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 So, like, what that... That, that <clears throat> means that this... One of the reasons that people like uh, Doug Wilson are talking about this game as kind of a Spelunky successor is because of how these systems start to work together. So, like, everything I feel like that we've talked about so far in this game, you could basically... It's sort of in line with something like Gravity Hook. Did you guys play that game, Adam Saltzman's... Um, there, remember there was kind of a, a genre of game for a while that was flash games being made by kind of these small scale flash games, games being made by, by interesting game developers that really focused on really highly polishing a small, simple, but like very, um, exacting and precise set of mechanics. And like the original meat boy was one of those, the pre pre super meat boy. Yeah. Cannibal. It's a good example of that, which is also by Adam Saltzman, the original meat boy. There was this whole like family of flash games that kind of, and this game feels like that basically, except that the more you play that, the more you realize it has some of that more spelunky like reward for kind of engaging with its systems in a, you can create a, weird emergent cascades of, of yeah, shit. Not the same as Spelunky in the sense that like these enemies, at least that I've played so far, don't really interact with each other. Physics <clears throat> isn't really a thing like it is in Spelunky. And that's one of the reasons I don't really think it's super useful or accurate to talk about this game as a direct Spelunky follow-up. Because that game has kind of its own just constant ecosystem and world ticking along in a way that this game doesn't, at least not in the same way. This game does have a huge amount of reward, just play, like intrinsic reward for play that it opens up. And and a lot of that has to do with the combo system and the way you reload. Um, so, you know, Spaff, like you were saying, and Jake, when you, anytime you touch the ground, you, you know, you, your feet touch the ground or your feet um, bounce off an enemy, you reload your gun and you have a limited amount of ammo. So if you're falling through the air and you shoot all your bullets like you don't have any bullets left, and then you have to either land on the ground or jump on an enemy to get your bullets back. Also, once you have killed five enemies in a row without touching the ground, and that includes either shooting them or bopping them, uh, you then start a combo counter at five, which counts above your character, and then the more enemies you continue to kill without ever touching the ground, the higher that combo counter goes, and then when you finally break the combo and you finally lose the combo, um, you, if you get high enough, I think if you get to around like 11 or higher, maybe you, you will get a reward. I think that at the low level, it's, you maybe get a hundred gems, which is, you know, the in game currency, but you can, but then the higher your combo and you break it. And I've gotten combos, I think into the forties at this point, um, you, you get extra hearts and 
you know, like big chunks of guns and extra uh, of um, gems and extra like charge, which is bullets, basically like extra like ammo so that you can fire more times before. Having right, you reload. get sort of more slots added to your yeah. gun. So you're, you can basically just create bonuses and power ups out of out of nothing. And it Doug made a really excellent point in a an editorial he wrote for Polygon about this game, which is that one of the things it does really well um, is that it actually makes the early levels rewarding, even if you've already mastered them. Like he points out that for a lot of players, oh, because you can use it to load up for exactly, for extra yeah, play. you use it yeah. as your <clears throat> as your sort of combo proving ground. Mm. And I, I have to say that I don't. Like, so once I started doing that, once I started playing the game, kind of four combos, at least in the sort of first world or so, um, it really started to open up in a in a crazy way but i don't think i'd be able to do that if i didn't have the levitate play style <laughs> and the thing is because you unlock play styles and palettes just through having more aggregate gems you'll get it eventually if you just keep playing the game like you don't have to do anything spe- at least as i as far as i can tell you don't have to do anything special to get access to the other play styles so um once you if you do like this game and and it does you do stick with it and you, it does kind of like latch onto you once you get the level tape power up start going for combos as much as possible or even beforehand i'm waiting for the world that we get to where like you know two or three weeks down the line we're like i don't plan level hit anymore because <laughs> you might get there that may be what your life becomes yeah, you move back to the yeah. other mode because you're too yeah. just like I, I realize i can get now. combos inside of a level at a higher rate when my character moves faster, therefore I'm no longer playing on Levitate style <laughs> yeah, and I now a- ha- have a 25% higher score all the time or whatever, whatever. Yeah, That's probably not right. what it's going to be, but you yeah, will yeah, discover yeah. whatever the optimization trade-off is that you no longer want it because you've become too advanced a player of Downwell. Or at least that's a hypothetical that I We'll see. see. That feels so impossible right now based on how intense this game uh, is. So did hell in Spelunky. Yeah, so, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's a couple <laughs> things that became all about the hell run. A couple things that we didn't talk about about just that are core features of the game, but that I really liked a lot is because this game is completely frantic, basically, because you're just jumping off guys, constantly dropping. It, it does... The little breaks that it has are incredibly... Like going into the side great rooms? Great feeling, yeah. Because yeah. you, as, you, as you said, there's... It's just one single column, except that there's little treasure rooms off yeah. to the side occasionally. So you'll see like just a lip of rock coming out with what looks sort of like a bubble wall, um, which adds to the sort of Metroid feel in a way, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. not – but when you walk into inside of the bubble, time freezes inside of the level and all of the insane music and sort of chiptune sound effects just fall away and the game becomes quiet and it stops. And you walk off the screen into a tiny little cave – where you can get either a power up, which feels exactly like the like Chozo statue rooms in Metroid minus the statue, or a bunch of gems, um, or I guess in levels after the first one, there is sometimes a shopkeeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, swinging arm style—that's what it is. It's all guns and way fewer shopkeepers. Oh, okay, got it. Um, but there's a shopkeeper which is just a Binding of Isaac or Spelunky style shop mm-hmm. where yeah. um, three options. Whatever. Yeah, pick but, one or pick things and so run Jake, away. your your point about the sort of like little moment of peace you get in those is actually all the more relevant when you're playing for combos because the uh, you don't break your combo if you hit the ground entirely like what w- w- while inside one of those sort of time freeze bubbles. Oh, so those are also they oh, wow. they don't break the combo. Wow. Yes. Okay. That's so awesome. like it is so because I mean had, you can tra- chain a combo between levels. Yes. Yes, you can. Holy shit! Because the end of the level you fall into a bubble. Well. 
yeah, you you would you still don't hit the ground in between levels, right? Though, exactly. So you wouldn't even need that. You wouldn't. That's true. Oh, you're you right. Would, but but in any case, yes, I very frequently chain combos between levels. Yeah, and um, the feeling you get when you have like a twenty or thirty, or I'm sure for like really great players, like much higher than that, uh, chain of combo, and you basically. Like, this is definitely a thing that I felt in Splunky, especially when doing speed runs. You know, you get that feeling where you 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 sort of first you're just playing consciously, and then you kind of get into the flow state, and and you're not really thinking about anything, and then like something juts you just the tiniest bit out of your flow state, and you're still playing just as effectively, but you're actually conscious of what you're right, doing, yeah, and yep. you're just and you're then you're just like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh my god, like yeah. <laughs> you just become like yeah. highly conscious of the thing you're doing. You're doing faster than you can god. like actually consciously oh. decide to do it, but you you're aware that that's happening, and right. it's kind of like terrifying. I can remember whole like runs of Spelunky where that yeah. was. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can remember every single detail. Do you remember that one time when I we were drunk and we came back to to Fell Street, uh, the apartment that we were living in, and um, uh, I just started playing, and I had never, yeah. I had barely ever gotten past the first level, yeah, and I just yeah. ended up in like a weird, fu- like that was before we'd even gotten near any, you know, any of the later levels, and I was just like doing amazing for no reason. It was a complete trash run, but I just felt like I was in. I had just right after two beers or whatever the amount of alcohol it was, I had. F- fallen into that funk god that was so good <laughs> this game is so frantic though i just feel like i don't know if i can I know i don't know if it's it really does i played it for about 20 minutes and i went oh man like the thing i liked about splunky personally is that it had that sort of like wind up pitch yeah, pacing i agree I where agree. i could i could stand at the precipice of something at least think about how i was going to attempt yeah, it yeah. and then act on it and of course it would always end up being garbage but but that's right. that's it's part the of the fun cry, of it for me is, yeah thing, it's the yeah. far cry 2 thing yeah um this, this is so frantic it becomes more like super meat boy to me which is not usually a game type i can sort of mm-hmm. f- obsess about because is, i'm just it is bad definitely at it. <laughs> in between it is it is something that is sort of in between uh splunky super meat boy, although in the sense that you just like yeah okay yes in with respect to what you're saying this game is basically for spelunky players who can no longer find a good vein like yeah. this is, this yeah, is like you yeah. have you have tapped out. The, like Spelunky is like fucking slow and boring. Dude. Right. And like when Spelunky become when Spelunky becomes like You're writing an the, ad right the now game that fucking game. noobs play. This shit. This bullshit. Downwell is the thing that like it's it's crazy how intense it this game can become. And anyway, so I was just gonna say like when you find yourself in one of those just super intense combo runs, Jake, the ability to like. When you realize, oh my god, and you quickly hit left and like plop down in one of those like little cave bubbles, it is so, it is such a relief. It's such an incredible relief because you can stay in there as long as you want and your combo still hasn't been broken. And then you like walk out to the edge of the bubble and kind of psych yourself up and like jump up so you don't like ever touch touch the the ground before leaving the bubble. It's like, here we fucking go. And then it's, I don't know, it's an intense sensation. Are you playing it on PC? Yes, I am definitely playing it on, on PC. I so, haven't played it on PC yet. And on the iPhone, it just seems way too Yeah, insane. you know, Doug Wilson, who is a million times better at this game than I am and has beat the whole game, um, he is he only plays it on iPhone because oh, wow. that's what he's only ever has played it on. And he he is a champion of playing this game on iPhone. But I got to tell you, I... You just play with a 360 no controller, right? No fucking way, yeah. So I first played it on iOS because it came out on iOS a few hours before it came out on Steam. And I didn't. I thought it was coming out on Steam like next year or something. So I got it on the phone. And uh, and I'm like, oh, this game's, this game's really cool. Man, I'm bad at it, though. 
And then it came out on Steam. I got on there and I played with the keyboard and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, 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 I'm getting this. And then I plugged in my 360 controller and I'm like, oh, yeah. And now I can't, now I just can't play it. Like, I, I, I still have it on my phone and I've, I've loaded it up like maybe three or so times since using a controller on PC. And I'm just, there's just no way. Like, it's a total lost cause. I can't, I can't deal with the virtual sort of. Yeah, keypad. No, it's I can't so do it. because of just the type of but game that this some is. Some people do, and that's cool. It's since fine. it is sort of a, a spelunky esque situation, um, and the way that you're talking about it makes me makes me wish that there was something that was like the daily challenge. It was inside of it. I don't think a daily challenge itself would maybe work necessarily because this yeah, game seems brutal. <laughs> you just you just get crushed yeah. more often. Um, a daily combo challenge, but yeah, I wish there was. I wish there was something because I really liked. Like I liked being basically a spelunky tourist, yeah, who could watch. You know, you and Klepek, uh and a bunch of Patrick Klepek and a bunch of other people play spelunky and just occasionally watch streams. Or like I became versed enough in how spelunky worked from playing a little bit of it that I could just watch other people do weird shit with it and just tune in and follow stuff. And yeah. this game seems like a game that could conceivably have that if they could figure mm-hmm. out what it was. It wasn't just this one, like a daily right. well seems like it's it would be tough. You could, I mean... Spat, Unless they like said, do five or you something. You said daily combo challenge. Be, it might be, a cool thing might be everyone gets the same level, but then within that level, you're on a combo leaderboard yeah, basically. Exactly. And like you can you can start you can lose and regain. You can lose and start over your combo like as many times as you do in the level, but once you die you're you're that's it. You you've lost your chance. So whatever your high combo is from that, that's maybe a bad idea, but like you could you could there are probably things that yeah. that you could figure Finding out. Finding some way that you could have just that was such a smart goddamn move with Splunky. I'm surprised that it's not yeah. more commonly done. But, I've seen it a few times, but yeah, not, yeah. Not, it's, not it's also as, it's hard to as, replicate. When I it's, mean, it's like yeah. it's, it really Spelunky itself plus the daily yeah, challenge. Spelunky is such an amazing game. And I still, I mean, I still like I, this is not a knock on Donwell at all. I mean, I still think Spelunky is like s- such an untouchable like game for for the for the kind of thing that it is. Um, but it's funny playing. It's funny thinking about how hard this game feels, and then thinking back to how hard Spelunky felt when I started <laughs> it. You know, yeah, and. But I know that this one is still way harder. Actually, like it's like I can somehow t- sometimes talk myself into being like, "Oh, well, Spunky was really hard when I started playing it." But it's like, no, this is a different. This is a different thing. This this game is so intense. This game is it's a different kind of intensity. Well, it has it has when you're playing it correctly, it has the never stopping element of something like basically like that really intense. When everyone made the the fake Flappy Birds, and there was that one fucking hardcore one that looked like a uh, super hexagon. Yeah. And oh right. That yeah. yeah, that was made by. I uh, wasn't that Terry. made by Terry Cavanaugh, yeah. who made yeah. Super Hexagon. Yeah. Yeah. Terry Cavanaugh's Flappy, Flappy Bird. Yeah. Oh man, I, I love that thing. But that yeah. thing, just watching you play that, it was just like, I, I, yeah. I, you cannot imagine what a brain is doing to maintain it for more than right. twenty seconds. Yeah. But to play this game well. Seems like it means your your run. Like, how long does a complete game run of Downwell? Do you think? Oh, I have no, absolutely no idea. Yeah. No clue whatsoever. Yeah. Like you, you to just, the actual end of the game, yeah, you just like, get a sweaty no mess by the end. Yeah, of it. Oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really I'm sure. But I'm us. sure that you. I'm sure that people. You know, people like Doug who who can regularly. I don't know about regularly. I have no idea actually if he regularly or not beats the game, but who definitely can beat the game. Um, 
I wonder if he's just at this point played it so much because he was the reason he's played it so much at this point is because he was a, a tester on the game. Mm. Um, so he so it's not as though he's gotten to this point in the last week. Yeah. Right. That would be crazy. But uh, I think he's been playing it for the better part of the year now. And uh, it's totally possible that he doesn't really break a sweat in the sense that, like, you know, right. I don't really play Spunky much anymore because I, I mainlined that game for just for daily for basically, what, a year? And, uh, um, and by, you know, by the end of that, it's like... I'm definitely not anywhere remotely close to like the world's best Spelunky players, obviously, because that's that, right. that's crazy. But like, you no play through, solo eggplant. Played through you? that whole game without it being like a very stressful experience, right? Anymore, and I, I bet that that is the case for at least some people with Downwell. But I still think that that's just because they're making themselves even more of a superhuman, and not because this game is like equally. You know, all games are just kind of equally that. You know, like I think this game actually really is. Just way more hardcore, but Doug it's had, really good. I got an interesting kind of. I think it must have been on Twitter in a conversation with you that I saw, which uh, kind of highlights the extent of his madness. With this, oh, and he said, yeah, like, I know you're there's about. a difference between playing this game and living with it. Yeah, game. yeah. Well, because I said, <laughs> yeah. The reason he said that is because I was <laughs> like, <laughs> he was like, don't let people tell you that that Steam is better than iOS for this game. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, what's your like? I, I know you're into it, but like, what's your actual reason for saying that? And uh, and he's like, well, you know, there's a big difference between playing a game and living with a game, you know, by which he means, obviously, when it's on your phone, you can play it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that's a fair point. I don't think that's going to be me. But like, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's how you, you know, I mean, I, I guess you can that probably outweighs any sort of control, um, mechanical control limitations. But nonetheless, I just it's so superior to me playing with a controller. So. Also, you know, this game is apparently the first full game that this guy made. He's a Japanese sort of just individual game developer, 23 years old. Um, he did everything except the sound effects and music, which were made by two other guys, including uh, the music by the guy who did the music for Spelunky, actually. Hmm. Um, and he did everything else. And uh, I don't think I'm not sure if he's literally never released a game or if he's just never released anything sort of commercially or something. Yeah. Commercially or, or of any scale. Um, but he's definitely a young game developer, both in terms of his career and his actual age. And it's a really, really fucking impressive debut or near debut game. It's, uh, yeah, it's really, and it's $3. It's $3, not only on iOS, but also on steam. So it's called down. Well, I'm PC only though, sadly. I'm sorry? I, bought, I bought it on Steam and then was unable to play it. Oh, there's no oh, Mac. There's no Mac uh, or Linux or, my PC or Linux release. If I went to like a, most games now just have a thing, and I just forgot to look for the stupid little symbol. My own fault. Maybe one day it'll appear. Yeah. It was published by Devolver Digital. Oh yeah, that yeah. Like kind of yeah. They publish a lot of sort of those guys make some great indie stuff. Yeah. yeah. I would. I wouldn't be surprised if the game is successful. That. I wouldn't be surprised if they funded a port to other platforms. If it built, yeah, if they can build so. to Android, iOS, and PC, it seems like whatever that is. Oh, is, is it on be, Android? Oh, if, is it not? Okay, well, if it, okay. I Fuck Android. If it builds iOS and Windows, yeah. My argue, Android being included in that sentence is just because I thought that that was a port. But if if this game can port to iOS and to PC, and it's yeah. not, no, it's and it's not two totally different code bases, it seems like yeah. they could probably yeah. put it out yeah. on other. No, I'm sure you're right. OSs. Yeah. Dreamcast cool. VMU. <laughs> 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 uh, 
This is actually a game that I would think would be really cool for someone to demake as an original Game Boy ROM. I was just thinking yeah. the same thing. Because it would actually, totally work. Yeah, yeah. This game would... I mean, I want to put this game down on, so on a well. Nintendo D-pad more than yeah, anything, really. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... Just solder it into your, uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, mini... Uh, what was that? Game Boy Micro. Yeah, your yeah, oh, yeah. your GBA Micro <laughs> that just plays down well. God, I think playing this game on a screen that small would give me heart palpitations. A GBA Micro that you have to hold well, vertically. Yeah, you have to like <laughs> play it sideways <laughs> <laughs> with one thumb above the screen and one thumb below the screen. Yeah. I wonder if I mean I, I haven't seen the palette swaps, but I wonder if that was at all inspired by the Super Game. Oh Boy. man, by Super Game Boy. It because, does. It's they're not because it's just no? literally okay. black, white, and a color. I mean, it looks like. It well, looks so, like even in, even farther like degraded CGA graphics or something. Uh, okay. Like the thing that this reminds me of actually is just those old like DOS ASCII ASCII art games of just like a smiley face constantly descending down. <laughs> art. Like it was just like when your dad brings home the office computer and it has right. some shitty old some ASCII art game on it, and it's just a face falling down on, and like you could land on ASCII spikes or you have to dodge left and right. That's yeah. just what this game reminds me of because of the super monochromatic art. So and and that the thing that is notable to me about the palette, uh, the palette swaps is that they so some of them are just sort of just pleasing color combinations that are just chosen. Oh, are there really kind of, intense ones? Well, so okay, so so uh, well, some of them are are in, are just crazy intense colors, and some of them are just sort of pleasant colors. But a lot of them are sort of um, like historical excavation kind of. So a lot of them are clear and intentional references to like specific mm. old hardware or specific eras oh, okay. of games. Like I, I, I enjoy sort of is browsing. Is it still always three colors? Yes. It is always, it is always three colors. So all the sprites are basically just yeah. like, you know, interchangeable because they all have, they all have three colors. And so, um, it, the pleasure I get out of just flipping through those palettes, even though I rarely use more than a few of them, um, is kind of the same pleasure that I get from like, really great production design in a period film. You know what I mean? Like it's not as obviously um, ambitious as like sourcing crazy old machinery and like wallpaper and stuff, but it has that same like subtle appreciation for like the small nuanced differences in older eras. Like, what are some ones that yeah. you recognize? So there's one called V-Boy, which is an obvious virtual boy mm-hmm. thing. And so it's just, like, different shades it's of red, red in the exact yeah. way. There's some that look like an old sort of Commodore game. Uh, there are some that look like the, an, a, the way an actual Game Boy screen looks like instead of no, man, the, 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 the idealized version of... The blue, uh, white, and orange one is really good also. Yeah. Mm. like Oh, yeah. I, I don't even know if I could necessarily pinpoint the exact reference point for all of these. But, but if you're someone who's been playing games for a long time or cares about game history and has seen lots of old games, not just old like SNES games, but like right. it's just, weird it's old just games. It's just evocative to see these old yes. old computer color palettes yes. show up. Again. They were very intentionally chosen, and the guy clearly has a good eye and awareness of like basically the 70s through 80s of you know, old computer games. And obviously he wouldn't have made a game that looks like this in the first place if he didn't. Yeah. It's such an intentionally archaic looking visual design and he just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it's pretty so, good. Anyway, it's really cool. Downwell, two ninety nine on Steam and iOS. Downwell is one thing, sorry. It's clearly the iOS version, I imagine, plays in portrait mode, plays in a vertical yes. display. Downwell includes 
a vertical arcade cabinet mode, so you can turn your monitor oh, ninety degrees or use a second monitor. Really? Um, and tell <laughs> and tell Downwell to run in that, so it'll run in vertical mode with the iOS style UI stack to the top, oh, man, like it's a, so like funny. a vertical arcade cabinet. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, yeah. There. Look at that. There's oh a screenshot god, that is hilarious. I actually prefer it. I think awesome. in the horizontal arrangement, just because the we'll UI. We'll see, Chris, when you got your dedicated yeah. uh, your dedicated <laughs> Downwell display. Yeah, all right. Um, that's really good though. That's a really, that's really hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, it's the final thing about Downwell. Yeah. You want to take a break now that we have now Downwell half is complete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. One down. Oh, fuck you. Well to go. <laughs> Video This week's episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by MeUndies a provider of high-quality underwear and other basic garments. They are great. They come in a variety of styles, uh, both sort of tasteful, uh, solid colors, as well as outrageous patterns. Tasteless. Tasteless tasteless patterns. patterns. (laughs) They they change up from time to time. Uh, If you go to meundies.com slash thumbs, that's M-E-undies.com slash thumbs, you will get 20% off your first order and free shipping. Now, I learned something this week <laughs> that I want to tell you about MeUndies, which is that the materials they use are sustainably sourced from the Austrian Alps. Wow. So hopefully an outrageous Australian... Uh, sorry. Australian? <laughs> hopefully, an Australian man. Yeah, hopefully an, an outrageous MeUndies, team right? of Australians and Austrians was involved... <laughs> Right. In uh, in harvesting, it's like the Edelweiss. You have to you have to march up the Alps and bring back something. I will bring for you the material for me undies, <laughs> and Hello? also your me undies. <laughs> so, uh, if you that's that's that that's an important fact. Austrian. Environmentally mm-hmm. friendly, sourced by Austrians from the Austrian Alps. I am sourced by, I'm certain. Sourced by an Australian in the Austrian Alps. <laughs> yeah. Sour, sourced by an Australian who sounds like an Austrian. Uh, if you go to meundies.com slash Second generation. Thumbs, second, yeah, generation yeah, second generation. Uh, Australian, Australian Austrian. Austrian. <laughs> an Austro-Australian. <laughs> Man, that sucks for Australia that they didn't get the Austro. You know, the like Austro, Austro-Hungarian yeah. Empire? Like, Australia is just kind of out of luck with that one. Too late. It's Not a Australo-Austrian, which is also yeah. a weird dinosaur. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> meundies.com slash thumbs. Yeah. Meundies.com slash thumbs for 20% off your first order and also free shipping. Video game. We're back. Oh, man, oh. we're back. We're so back. Uh, Jake, you during the break, you loaded up Downwell on your vertical monitor and enabled its vertical mode. And that is an intense way to play down well. Everything's bigger. It's hu- yeah, playing that on a decent sized monitor up close where it's filling the entire vertical frame. It's over like it, that game is already intense. That just makes it overwhelming. Do it's, you have access so to a Sony four or eight K cinema projector that you want to turn <laughs> on its side and project onto the side of a building or oh, silo? Man, oh my god! Please do that and uh, write <laughs> and in to questions us. at idlethumbs.net with your address and an invite, an <laughs> evite, <laughs> an evite. Oh, yeah, man. it's it was watching you play that was was extreme. I played it for a minute and was terrible at it, but yeah, that reminded me of a thing that is a, surely not intentional but definitely a real factor in how much downwell I've played 
that this game does not respect Alt F4. Does not respect Alt <laughs> Alt F4 does literally nothing. And so in a game like Spelunky, if I've played, you know, if I've been playing for a while. If you want to rage quit, you and mean. Then, yeah, and then I get really far and then just do some bonehead fucking dipshit maneuver and die. You can just be like reflexive instantaneously, sub one second, like, Alt F4. Yeah. yeah, and it's gone. And you're like, oh, you just get up. This game does nothing. Uh, can't. It's... And also, when you you have to wait till you basically get back into the game flow, then hit start, then go down to quit. You can't even do it right from like the that's second a, that when must you be die. a purposeful choice, right? I, All the four seems like a system wide, or it's just something the developer is not really familiar with, right? Yeah, I, I mean, think, they don't play like, I, maybe in Japan. Japan yeah, it might press. like, or it might, or there just might be fewer conventions around. Yeah, like those specific, you know, like you know, it's funny. I kind of, you, I don't really, I'm not familiar with Alta four. What Except you, for fuck you, you're not. Fi- no, familiar I'm familiar with the. Are you just trolling me? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I will, I'm not familiar with the enter key. I'm not know. familiar with control alt delete. So I think what happened is the that when you were playing like Team Fortress or Counter Strike, and people would trick you into Alt F4. Oh, you got tricked. I just I got tricked yes. so many times <laughs> that I just mentally blocked that whole like That's tr- that whole like convention of- in my brain. I, I, only until like re- very very recently when people were just saying like alt f4 delete logo content or whatever that that's the only like that's exposure i have and that's steve gainer that's true that is that is steve that's a steveism but yeah he's people i don't i don't use steve that is people i alt tab and then i right click on the I alt tab and, and then, then i save local inefficient. data <laughs> 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 Alt tab save local content. The CPR of video games. <laughs> Maybe Downwell just has a boss button somewhere. The classic mm, boss oh button, which oh, is yeah. the same functionality as all f How is that the same? Well, it just do makes games, it go away. Do any games have a boss button where when you if hit Cliffy it? If Cliffy B's fucking <laughs> boss key games do not ship with a boss key, oh man, what a fucking piece of shit that guy will be. New game god, <laughs> new boss key. <laughs> You better have a fucking boss key. Cliffy B's company's boss Cliffy key, right? Cliffy B's yeah, boss it is. key. Cliffy B's boss key is also a comedy or jazz club, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> boss boss key, key in the key of E. <laughs> I, want, I want a boss key that just makes the game really boss. <laughs> like it just it just kind of blings everything out. It just sort of everything is like you get the like toe jam and earl slash fresh fresh yeah, prince trombone. Uh, soundtrack. Maybe no, I was gonna say like, trombones just start to yeah, get weaved exactly. into the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, into the <laughs> yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's fine. Drum and boss. <laughs> is that a thing? That sounds like it would be an English thing. Drum and boss. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Some weird, that's, that's some weird like, confirmed English. <laughs> I know all about these things. <laughs> Being English and all. Yeah. It's like drum bass. Being a boss. <laughs> Being a boss from England. As an English boss, also an English thing. Hey, cool. <laughs> it's weird that, that boss is still an inherited title in England. Yeah. What is that, like, is that word never from? Really... What is that from? It's like Level Lord. Level Lord? <laughs> it's an inherited title. Man, an English hierarchy of bosses and mini-bosses and level lords. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I want the Honorable Crusader King mini-boss. <laughs> like Crusader Kings would just rename everybody. <laughs> mini-boss Boston. <Downton>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
boss Ashcroft, the third <laughs> mini boss. The of lowest, Surrey. the lowest level in this sort of like boss lords hierarchy is of guy. <laughs> First, you're just a guy. First, then guy. you're a mini boss. <laughs> then you're a boss. And then you're, just, I guess, a lord. And then you're end of level. You're boss. final boss. Yeah, you're final, final boss. boss. <laughs> Queen yeah. is the current final boss of England. <laughs> I guess so. Nick, you had a thing that is the queen really England's hits? final boss. <laughs> that would also be here and find out. There's yeah. then also a House of Commons and a House of Bosses, <laughs> which is totally fine and welcome. Anyway, House of Guys, the House of awesome. Boss. So, yeah. Nick, you played something, maybe? Yeah. Insert it now, please. Sure. <laughs> Get it now on, on the go. Um, yeah, so I was going to briefly talk about Battlefront, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, oh. uh, a week ago, and I wasn't on. Uh, so it's a little old. It's but this of- is Star Wars week now. There's oh, a trailer is. and tickets and... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Lightsabers. But I... Uh, I did... So I, I have one, one thing I wanted to say about this game, uh, because obviously... Whatever. There's a, is it boss? It's yes. Uh, you play as as Lord Vader, the boss, <laughs> boss uh, Vader. The um the thing that cracks me up about this game is that so uh, I played the original Battlefronts, um, and a lot of people are making comparisons between that those games which were made by a different studio. This game is made by EA Dice, which is the Battlefront studio, or the sorry, the God Battlefield, Battlefield. studio. Sorry. Um, I forget the name of the original developer of the series. Uh, I think it was Dice. Uh, no, it was. Um, mm, they're out of business now. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shoot. Wait. Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm really screwed up. But I think they're. No, gone it was now. a big they thing pitched, that they, they went to the Dice. Third game. They had a vertical slice, and then were shut down. Wait, and, Battlefield or Battlefront? Battlefront. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I thought you were talking about Battlefield, and I thought you were crazy. In any case, <laughs> the fans are was going it, back and was forth. It no, it wasn't pandemic. It was um oh god, it was one of those like I want to say terminal reality, but it's not terminal reality. It's one of those like ugh. I think they were in Texas. No, anyway. it was pandemic. Was it pandemic? Yeah. Okay, wow. All right. It was pan Okay, so the developers who have worked on this apparently are Pandemic, Free Radical, Rebellion. Free Radical. No, Free Radical oh, was yeah, the Free Radical, free Radical was the done. developer, yeah. The okay. Sort of core so developer. So Pandemic had a had a one year from 2004 to 2005 mm. followed by um, Yeah. What a str- what a strange history this is apparently. It's, it has is a series that has a very strange history. But so the 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 original games were very um freeform. They were very of that era of multiplayer shooter where yeah. You just, there are a bunch of vehicles out there and you could just jump in them and then everybody would just kind of like hodgepodge in the middle of a crazy map and all, all, it was just madness. It was like just a crazy mad thing. Sort of like the early battlefields where it was just kind of like people hanging off the sides of like World War II planes and just doing absurd garbage. Um, this game, um, I guess, I guess I could sort of compare it to, I mean, this is a bad analogy maybe, but, uh, almost like animation keyframes. Where they very clearly like had a picture from a Star Wars battle that they wanted to eventually appear for you as a player. Like they wanted the moment where you're coming you over have the a rise. Collectible film cell that yeah. appears. Yeah, and, and in fact, even some of the like between <laughs> like death loading screens are just perfectly composed shots from you know the Hoth battle, and it yeah. just looks incredible. Like. The sound is, you know, they had access to all the, yeah, the original. The sound design of this game is so it's good. It's absurd. Um, 
And so, like, I, they very clearly went at it from that angle and just said, we want to give people, like, these little micro moments. And then hopefully everything else will just sort of line up and then, you know, just sort of feel like you're in Star Wars. God, it's so funny to me how, like, still just the insanity of, like, a multiplayer shooter just, like, creeps out between... Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love I loved playing that beta. All the and just, like, just, like, the Vader Star- getting punked oh, by, like, a yeah. kamikaze X-Wing and stuff. And it's like, it's, why would you think you could ever, like, maintain gravitas in this? Are so you crazy? It's so funny. Everything is so well done. You get in the X-Wing <laughs> and the, the, the track is cued at the perfect moment and it's just, everything sounds perfect and the cockpit is, like, beautiful. And then just, like, a TIE fighter just kamikaze you out of nowhere and then you like spawn and then a guy like just spawn kills you in the face over and over and over like 10 times in a row and then like you just you're running down a field and yeah like a guy is just like darth vader in your face out of nowhere and then yeah. like i saw oh, a gif so of good. i think vader <laughs> killing luke and then someone running over and teabagging luke yeah, yeah no <laughs> i mean oh he's like whoa that was oh <laughs> oh it's a video game i see <laughs> I just love, and then, you know, they have like the ad that's just very, you know, Star Wars nostalgia. You break through the window and you, you can be Luke Skywalker. <laughs> just like the reality of it, just like actually crashing through that window and just like <laughs> somebody teabagging you in the face. Ah, oh, I just love, it's like the, the apex of just all of that. Like you can live the, the, you know, oh, the fidelity is so high. The fidelity is so high. Experience but, the magic, Nick. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've been experiencing it. As someone crouches on top of my corpse, we can we can uh, make <laughs> the simulation look and feel so much like Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. That it is like it I just, mean it is in those moments. The, it is the, shocking. The, the how... contrast gets pushed farther and farther away yeah. until it's literally going to be Harrison Ford walking up to you and putting his balls in your. Mouth. <laughs> I know. That's what's so. That's what's so amazing <laughs> about it. You're like, why is this? Why did they render this? Why was it this? <laughs> we just. It's just real. It is Harrison Ford. I mean, like, those are his like, balls. <laughs> Better in your mouth. We've uh, we've uploaded his genome to our. <laughs> <Right place. laughs> and We're simming an actual Harrison Ford who thinks it's Han Solo, <laughs> <laughs> but it's be- actually being controlled by your childhood friend. <laughs> right, right. So his pants are off. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys see that trailer? You have obviously Nick. Have yeah. you guys also yeah. seen yeah. it with the guy jumping out the window? Someone yesterday who I can't remember who pointed out that actually. It's quite a sad trailer, and that very possibly that bit when all the like so he's sitting his dad, he just jumped out the family window. having all these memories, yeah, and then could you describe of, what you're talking about? So it's a guy he's, he's at work, he's in a very tall office building, maybe even the top floor, and he's kind of looking at is he looking at his star? He's looking at his little like R two D figurine, old old R two D toy, and then it has all these flashbacks of him as a kid dressed as Star Wars characters and having all these wonderful moments with the Star Wars universe, uh, very wistful uh, looking back, and then out of the window around this office building and. A bunch of X wings appear, and a bunch of other spaceships come, and he sees them, and he gets really excited, and he smashes the window with a chair, and like leaps out of this building onto uh, an X wing, and then flies away, and with then goes friend. into yeah, with his childhood friend, and then flies into the game. Basically, it's like a very literal, like you can relive your childhood dreams. Um, but I actually don't point out online that it's actually very story uh, sad if you imagine him just being wistful about these wonderful memories and then leaping out of a building. <laughs> <laughs> like having imagined these amazing 
Star Wars things coming like that's the end of his life, and then he just flies away. So the, the, no, it's like he couldn't he couldn't purchase tickets, and then yeah. he threw it's the thing like, out the window. It's just like Fandango is the down. Fandango, God, I want to make oh, that man. like I want to just I, put the Fandango fit like four oh four in between those two frames, <laughs> and then he just like flies. his computer yeah. monitor at his desk yeah. just. Right, just and then when it comes back, crashes there, with there a are shitty no... picture of minions. Yeah, yeah, minions, and then cut back to his face. He's sad. <laughs> cut back to the screen. All the tickets are gone. Cut back to him. He's sad. Jumps out the window. Yeah, oh, cuts him back to. I spent like note. <laughs> Sarah and I both in- separately spent like six hours yesterday refreshing ticket pages. It was so sad. And then you jumped out of a window. <laughs> we, we just we, The result is we actually ended up with like way too many tickets. <laughs> yeah. Man, I've got a lot of Star Wars tickets right yeah, now. Um, from too many different services crashing, but it turned out that I got a ticket after all. Um, it's so it's funny how excited everyone get, it's just, to whatever, get tickets why not? for months and so months. The, the, your, the read uh, on this commercial of Sad Man Who Jumps Out of Window is interesting. The other interesting thing about this commercial is when you were talking about oh well it's it's literally you jump out and jump into the game mm-hmm. that actual commercial used to be aimed at eight year olds and now yes. it is aimed at twenty eight year olds right yeah literally the same, the same commercial it is exactly yeah. a Nintendo yeah, yeah. commercial from yeah. the eighties remember yep. this remember when it was fun when you were a kid but it's not even that that part is the nostalgia part is irrelevant yeah. it is the now, see, <laughs> your life sucks. Whoa! A crazy guy or spaceship is here to pull Come you with into me. the TV. Like <laughs> I wish they did that for all of adult, those because like tax-paying citizen. Yeah. <laughs> I want the um. I want no, the father. Right. I want the fat man gamer pasta at the table and exploding version of that. <laughs> God, which game was that? Which Nintendo game was that? Was Kirby. that was it? Was it was Kirby? It was Kirby. Yeah. Oh man! Uh, but what is that then? <laughs> it's like a, it's a dad with his like shitty entitled kid that he hates. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave this life behind with Kirby's superstar or whatever. Kirby's yarn. Kirby's epic yarn. <laughs> he just wraps his kid up in a yarn cocoon. Right. You <laughs> throws him out the window. Wraps his <laughs> X-wing takes. Away. He wraps his kid up in the yarn cocoon, and the kid keeps eating the food. Then you just hear like the bomb squad. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, and then it says, "You really bought this Wii for yourself." And then, uh, yeah. And the voice says, that's why they call it the Wii U. And then he goes and plays his Nintendo alone after his kid died from eating too much. <laughs> <laughs> what? Man. Anyway. I'd really love to see someone take that Star Wars trailer and just kind of fade it out and then just cut to a dead person lying on the street. The why would you do that? that? <laughs> it's just a great, just a lovely, lovely thing. That's the actual 90s version of this ad, though. Yeah, that's it is. The, it, if, so. this yeah. was a P, if this were a PC game, I guess it is a PC game. That's, yeah, the, a, fi- no, the final but, shot is but, not necessarily no, 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 the body. The, yeah. it's, it's the ambulance going, woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it just shows and the logo. Holding, it says, no, it shows, he's holding, yes. He's still holding the controller. He's still holding the controller, yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. But the no, the bloody controller out of frame. But the EKG of his like heart rate or whatever, when it goes boop, every time it, it like says dice, the thing, yes, they would have the logo of the game developer in the red. Like, yeah, Jesus Christ, or yeah. the release date, or it would yeah, say right. uh, it's in the game. It's in the game, yeah. Or it'd yeah, say, exactly. I'm oh, I make you my bitch. It, it would spell out it's in the game. Yep. Oh God, gross. Anyway, these are things that we think of as human beings who exist as adults. Um, these are the ideas that are in our brains. What do you think of that? <laughs> Tell us at questions at idlethumbs.net. Shit sag. Read us some of those questions. I will. 
Maybe the previous weird. content was weird. Viewer yeah, discretion is advised. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Earth. <laughs> Remember that time on Idle Thumbs? I thought it was weird when Spaff said he wanted the Star Wars commercial to cut to a picture of a corpse. <laughs> That's the tweet that I'm going to see when I do a little search, organic search for Idle Thumbs later this week <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I so, hope it's already an email. Uh, Dear someone offended thumbs. by the previous yeah, conversation. Yeah, oh man, jeez. <laughs> yeah. um, there was an email that was actually, um, I, I guess, basically in response <clears throat> to the discussion of World of Warplanes, Nick, which you, you talked about recently. Or warships. I'm sorry, yeah. World of Warships. I'm sorry. Jesus. So, <laughs> Get it right, uh, Chris. Sheldon, well, I guess this actually is about World of Warplanes, which you didn't talk about. But he, mm. Sheldon Hood writes, Hey, Thumbs, I'm far from an expert on flight sims. But hearing you talk about them a couple weeks ago made me want to write in. There are two big categories of combat flight sims in my experience. Games like World of Warplanes and War Thunder tend to have a larger audience, more interested in a fun game rather than a realistic simulation, although War Thunder has a pretty hardcore sim mode. Realistic simmers usually play the digital combat simulator games or Falcon BMS, which is an upgraded version of Falcon 4.0. Yes, the Falcon 4.0 that came out in 1998. It's had a ridiculous history, which I didn't know much about, aside from the fact that there's a gigantic flowchart of the different branches. That he links to the Wikipedia page. Yeah, that, that, that is a crazy I've seen that thing. as well, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> setting it up is a nightmare and a half, so I haven't played it much, but almost half of my combat sim friends play by it. Uh, swear by it, I'm sorry. For more casual sims, in my experience, World uh, War Thunder is far more popular than World of Warplanes, largely due to its customization going from an easy-to-control mouse and keyboard game to a full-on hardcore flight sim, and because it generally avoids a lot of free-to-play trappings. It also combines land and air, and possibly sea, but I haven't played it in a long time. Hardcore sims have been in a weird position the last few years, since most of the major releases such as IL-2, Battle of Stalingrad, or DCS World War II have had either disastrous development cycles in the case of DCS World War II, or have been released like a wet fart in the case of IL-2, leaving everyone wondered, wondering why they spent 80 goddamn dollars on a half-finished game with terrible post-release support. Yeah. I mean, I thought IL-2 was really well regarded. Yeah, it is. I think, well, even Silent Hunter uh, as a series is just, everybody hated the last entry. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of, he's right, a lot of these games are kind of getting, uh, I don't know, the, the hand that fed these developers is... is uh, I see. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> most people are sticking to plain old DCS since there keep being new modules released for it and a major engine update on the horizon. This is longer than I expected, but I hope it sheds some light on what the sim community is up to, or at least the ones who aren't acting as pretend air traffic control for other people who pretend to fly commercial aircraft. Civilian flight sims are their own separate beast, and I haven't touched them in a long time. Cheers, Sheldon. P.S. One of my earliest memories is riding in the car with my dad. Uh, Listening to Idle Thumbs. Oh, no. Listening to Space Idle. <laughs> with PDQ Bach on the air playing on the radio, specifically the sports announcer. Jesus. Um, that's pretty good. Someone sent us uh, the, like fictional definitive biography of pdq bach in a nice hardbound edition it just showed up sent to the office without any like note or explanation of who sent it perhaps pdq bach himself sent it (laughs) (laughs) um friend of the show So that was that was pretty awesome thank you to whatever anonymous reader that was i ended up looking up pdq bach and um this person uh sheldon in his ps mentions the sports announcer actually one of the things i watched was a like oh it's hard to describe <laughs> it was an orchestral performance of a beethoven symphony except there were two like sports style commentators like doing a play-by-play of the whole thing <laughs> like calling out like 
and they're recapitulating the theme and like oh here's the modulation God. and then so are like, you a huge classical music nerd if so you already know who pdq bach is yeah, and like them yeah <clears throat> exactly um it's, and like it was it's what a, you laughed at in band class right exactly <laughs> like it was it was pretty it was pretty it was pretty funny if you if you actually i don't know like i got a degree in music and so i i show yeah up. No, I, yeah, just mean, no you, uh, I just mean, like, I don't mean you never heard of You mean that you are PDQ Buck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just mean I'm, the, I'm like the kind of dork who can appreciate this, even if it's not like my sort of first, you know, go to. I, I, I get it. Right? You can give it like a snide, pretentious music guy smile. Well, <laughs> <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> Man, um, speaking of world, world of blanks, uh, I've been continuing to play. It's called World of Tanks, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus it's like a it's like a passive yeah. version of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, More like, you never none of your guns fire the, ever. World of blanks. It has all of the bombast of World of Tanks, but no, 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 no one right. gets hurt. That's everyone just, pretends that's to fall the, down. Uh, that's just the subhead of the 6.0 Polygon review. <laughs> no. no, World of Blanks is the World of Tanks oh, like yeah. uh, war, war reenactment game. Yeah, no, I want. I actually, that, God, that would be really hilarious. Um, but one person has one bullet. <laughs> but who was? Anyway, so speaking of World of Blanks, <laughs> I feel like that was a mod that I played. Anyway, um, <laughs> what it's like as a no, civil I, war reenactment no, murder not, episode not, not of a crime procedural that. TV show, but there was one bullet. <laughs> not literally that. Who had it out for him? Well, everyone. He was the Confederacy. <laughs> whatever. Like <laughs> who killed? Just Lincoln? kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, after they fought a weird pretend war where right. no one had real bullets. But yeah. one guy did. One guy did. And he shot the president with it. World of blanks. <laughs> oh, it was John Wilkes Booth. Everyone saw him. <laughs> <laughs> well, a Lincoln assassination reenactment? Is that... We're doing a full... Yeah. We're reenacting a full series of months, including, including Lincoln going to a play... And the full play. <laughs> the full play. <laughs> the full play will be watched. <laughs> Anyway, what about World of Blanks? <laughs> Chris, we've discussed World of Blanks. Yeah. Um, no, I was just I, I played more of uh, World of Warships, and I, I unlocked the carrier, uh, which I think is actually really really interesting because uh, all of a sudden the game just becomes an RTS, um, which I knew going into it, but it takes long enough to get there that I didn't really know what the fide- like what that would actually like whether that would feel good or be like worth actually like uh, spending the time to get. It's really good, like. I'm just shocked. It it's kind of reminds me of playing like um like tribes back in the day or, wow. or oh. games that have like very defined <clears throat> roles within a larger battle. Uh I feel like games as much as like Battlefield lets you whatever jump in a tank, that doesn't really like it doesn't define kind of your function within the larger scope of things. Like people just blow up and then they move on. Like oh man, the whole game now I just play as a strategic map. I don't even look at anything. And as a carrier, you have no like actual weapons so you're just basically running around the map hiding from every other so ship then other players and then, can land and take off from your unit well, you Is control uh squadrons of, of fighters oh i see yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which then becomes this whole um mind game with the other carrier pilot or, or other carrier commanders because they have ships some of which can attack you some of which can attack your fighters you kind of have to know like what their loadouts are and then like whether or not they're gonna bluff an attack on you and then go for like it, it becomes this crazy actual like rts game 
within the context of just people who are just pointing and clicking and shooting at each other. Like, I don't know. No, it's so really... just, this is other people are playing as warships, but you're, yeah. you're playing a carrier in planes, RTS yeah. inside of that map. It's so good. That's really it's, cool. It's really, really cool. I'm, I continue to be impressed, uh, by how interesting that game is. So you've elevated above weird... the warships. Now they're just noise down. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh. it's just, yeah, it's just like, Oh, I guess that's a person, but I, I'm playing my own game and you know, like half the time people aren't going to coordinate with you, but if they do, then suddenly you sort of become this weird, like king piece or more like a just like a like a rook or something where you have this very sort of flanky kind of thing going on and everybody else is just the pawns sort of in the middle of the map kind of advancing on each other i don't know it's really interesting anyway it's cool um, um so i'm gonna actually read another email about world of warships oh. uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> whoops i mean i don't have to no do it uh this is from uh wouter shurum weersink weersink maybe <laughs> i I don't know if those are WWs or VWs. I'm sorry. Uh, hey, guys. I always enjoy your podcast a lot, and I'm sad to see Danielle go, but I'm looking forward to seeing what she and Rob can cook up. Last week's podcast, you guys discussed World of Warships, two podcasts ago, and, that, and what makes it good. Uh, I think Spaff was spot on when he called the games out for their looks, sounds, and feel. I think he's talking about Nick, Brett. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I called I don't think this is, a, this is not a Spaff name. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I had those insightful um, phrases. One point you, you slightly missed is the game's speed. It's much like Counter-Strike with the rounds, the pick-up-and-go gameplay, but slowed way down. It's Team Fortress time for old fart brains. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. Was that me who said that? <laughs> was it you? I don't I mean, think no, I, I don't, what? I think he's saying this. I, oh, I, I, I may have compared it to Team Fortress, but I didn't, I didn't add the <laughs> old fart brain, which is probably true. Anyway. I don't think it's time for old fart brains. It's just time for old fart brains i think it's time for the brains of old farts yeah that's what he meant yeah okay you, you i assume just, that's what you he just meant. accented you accented it old fart brains <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um Ugh. sorry you're right i pronounced it poorly um i used to blast on real tournament when i was 18 like a boss not anymore <laughs> i lost those fantastic reflexes like a what British, i gained like a queen. <laughs> what i gained is the patience and skill for tactical mind maps these games reward that I don't think you were quite right when you lump ships in with the grand old strategy games of yours, such as Command and Conquer. It's not about strategy. You're not the admiral or the general, but a single vehicle commander. These games are very tactical as opposed to strategic. The point about the other kind of nerd, the nerd who finds satisfaction in seeing the proper number of road wheels in a movie tank or a correct history quote in a TV episode was on the nose. It really hit home there. In fact, these nerds are not as underserved as it may seem. There's the world of games that make a lot of the minutiae of these historical vehicles matter. There's War Thunder that does it for planes, which also mentioned in the other email. Speaking of flying, computer flight games never quite came out of their collapse in the early 2000s. There are a few arcade games and a couple of hardcore Switchology games. Nothing in between, and nothing ever came close to touching Falcon 4.0. Um, I wanted to call out one of the so-called Switchology games, DCS. It's free on Steam and sells the good planes as DLC. It has a pedigree and a map that goes all the way back to 90s SU-27 Flanker that was published by SSI. Very sweet in looks and nerdy delights, and also sort of free-to-play. One last point, World of Warplanes, regarded by almost everyone as a dud. Why? For one, they borked the control of the planes. Late in their beta, it was great, like a proper light flight sim. All the pilot shit I learned over the years worked. Then they did something to it, and it never became fun again. It's amazingly pretty, but it's dying on the vine. Anyway, enough of this nerd rambling, and thanks for a great cast. Keep it up, and fuck Nick. Uh, Wouter Shuram Wersink. Poor Nick. So yeah, DCS was mentioned by both of these Yeah. uh, readers and Not, i didn't realize it was free on steam so that's cool like look it up if you have any interest in that yeah i've dipped into all of those oh uh, really it is funny how like this this audience really is just kind of over here off to the side there, there is a, clearly a massive audience for these sorts of games and yeah um it's just uh yeah i don't know 
but he's right. A lot of them are a lot of those series and, and um, you know, that people sort of relied on just kind of mm-hmm. took a dive. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, too bad. Um, AC uh, Missius writes, Hey guys, long time listener here, only occasional gamer. I thought you'd be amused to hear that until this week, I took your references to Dishonored Holidays at face value. Kingdom of Loathing, for example, has its own calendar and thus its own holidays that float widely relative to the real world, real world analogs. So I just assumed that Dishonored must do likewise. I must have been distracted during the original show where you made fun of your own conceit. In addition to this misapprehension, I've adopted, at least mentally, the shorthand of Dishonored X as a way to say somebody's personal or unofficial equivalent of X. Like, Philadelphia was so emptied out when the Pope visited a few weeks back from months of Secret Service threats that it was basically a Dishonored weekend. Okay, forget I admitted any of this, ACM. I entirely approve of that use of Dishonored Dishonored weekend. I mean, that's basically, like... I feel yeah. like that's close enough, right? I mean, we have a new podcast coming yeah. up called Dishonored. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh Thornton writes, "This podcast is Dishonored Weekend. This is what it will be named after Idol Weekend launches." By the way, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Josh Thornton writes, "Your depressing discussion of the inability to automate the meatpacking industry reminds me of a series of levels in the Zachronics in, <laughs> in the Zachronics game Infinifactory." Infinifactory is a programming puzzle game similar to Zachtronic's previous game, Space Chem, except you're building machines in three dimensions for alien overlords as opposed to deadly chemicals in two dimensions for alien overlords. In one group of levels, you are charged with building automated meatpacking plants. The first has you packing live mole things by funneling them with a series of conveyors into a shrink wrap machine while they randomly move around making a hash of everything you're trying to do. Even more disturbing is the whale processing, which in pursuit of smooth operation, I had 75% of the whale ground into oblivion the second it leaves the input platform. I dubbed this machine the Whale Grinder, and it made me sad. If you enjoyed Space Chem, you should give Infinifactory a shot. It's a wonderful game, and I think its difficulty curve is a little less steep, and the added space lets you brute force problems with inefficient design, where Space Chem just became impossible once you reached your personal peak. Love the cast. Josh, currently from North Carolina. Um, We actually did talk about uh, Infinifactory way back when it came out. I I can't remember if it was just me or if other people played it as well, but um, but I definitely talked about it. Decent, I liked it a lot. I don't know if I found it easier than Space Cam necessarily. It's just very different. But I've I, heard I that like sentiment both, before, like though, from people games. who have said that because it's because it's three D. Yeah, you can, that makes sense. You can just just wedge a whale into a thing if you have to. Um, <laughs> here's an email that I think requires a bit of a mea culpa on all our part. Uh, Grant Chen writes, "Hey, thumbs, longtime listener here, huge fan of the show. On episode 232, Happy Dishonored Halloween. I'm sorry, on episode 232, Happy hashtag Dishonored Halloween." A reader wrote in about Match 3 games and mentioned Juice Jam, a game I work on. I was really happy to hear the game come up, since most of the games that come up on the show are indie games, and Juice Jam is designed for as much broad appeal as humanly possible. One thing that came up that I wanted to write in about, though, is when Chris said that all these clones of each other are actually clones of each other, and the main thing distinguishing them as marketing, I hate to go, well, actually, but I feel like I should probably speak up here, if only to provide some outside perspective. Referring to freemium match three games as being clones of each other is only accurate if you consider, say, first-person shooters to be clones of each other. They share the same core mechanics, verbs, and aesthetics, but there are a lot of differences that aren't apparent if you aren't a part of it. I think it's an issue of unfamiliarity, and the average match three player would probably consider Battlefield, Halo, and Call of Duty to be clones, which I would consider just as wrong. The Juice Jam design team, yes, it's a full team, spends lots of time concepting, building, testing, revising, and discarding dozens of levels every week, and I would like to think we need too much work to be considered cloning. I shared the podcast episode with my coworkers who also juice jam and it really bummed them out. It really hit close to home. Anyway, love you guys. Love the show. Grant. P.S. The cat's name isn't Big Boss. 
It's Valentino Litterbox. <laughs> PPS, don't fuck Nick. You don't know where he's been. <laughs> so I'm really glad we were sent that email. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> we definitely are in a, we sort of belong to a part of the industry that has relatively little contact with the development side mm-hmm. of that, of that sort of segment. And so it's good to, it's good to, uh, having said that though, I kind of do consider most of FPSs to be clones of themselves at this point. <laughs> a so. lot, I mean, a lot of them are, there are definitely strains of first person shooter that are, yeah. That are like, like I rarely will play one anymore because they're just cloned from one another. But that doesn't mean to I mean, say there, that juice. There are different. There are different game. strains, though, right? Like a Halo is entirely different to a Call of Duty. Yeah, but sure. then there are games that are just bad clones of Call of Duty. Like there are a lot of games that are just yeah, sure, really like, bad. It's like leaders in there. Yeah, in the strain. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. In there. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else do we have here? Um, 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 oh, this is interesting. Actually, before talking about oh, that, sure. um, <clears throat> someone else mentioned, was it on, uh, was it Doug? Do you have a mail from Doug about that? Oh, did Doug write in about pinball? Yeah. Doug, no, he didn't, he didn't write in, but I can find his comment. Yeah. That's um, an interesting thing to bring up since we're on that subject. You can cut this dead air. Oh, no, it's fine. Cause last week we were talking, uh, was, was last week or two weeks ago, whenever we were talking about this stuff, we were talking about how, like free to play freemium casual games people probably have their own nomenclature that sounds mm-hmm. completely insane and inscrutable mm. to people on the outside but whenever anyone invents a new element of that style of game it probably immediately just drops into the lexicon and if you're at a convention full of those developers they would just be talking about a thing that you have absolutely no frame of reference for and uh Doug Tobacco, who is uh, he hosts Autothumbs website and has helped us do web programming and backend work for the ten years that, that we've existed, was talking about this. Uh, he said the thing that it reminded him of is actually the pinball industry, which I thought was really interesting. Um, he yeah. said, "Oh, you want to do it?" Uh, sure. He says, um, "This made me think of pinball. Um, all pinball games are basically built on a decades, possibly century now." old game system share very common terminology among makers for common gameplay elements like bumpers, bumpers, flippers, targets, ramps, etc. And occasionally one would introduce some sort of new gameplay element, which would then appear in lots of other games. And then he links to uh, a Wikipedia article, which is glossary of pinball glossary terms, of pinball terms is intense. of which there are enough to have, to have categories for basically for almost every letter of the alphabet. Um, you got your these... back box, your back glass, ball saver, banana flippers, <laughs> bank bumper. Got everything you could possibly want. Yeah. Captive ball combo, the DMD, drop target, drain. Got your wedge head, your wide body, your wizard, your wizard mode, your, your wood rail. <laughs> oh, your wood rail. So, yeah, I mean, I think the true, the, that's also true then for FPSs and so, um, and a bunch of other stuff. I'm and sure. most, most games on yeah, really. Games but, yeah. so I mean, I do think though that there is to talk about it. Sure. Such. Yes. We definitely were, were sort of out of our depth there. Definitely. Yeah. But there are differences. I mean, I would venture to guess that that pinball games are more alike one another in many respects than some genres, and some genres are probably have a greater sort of average, like you know, standard deviation size, you know, within them. Um, I think that does change somewhat from genre to genre. Like there are some genre, like there was a point at which the adventure game genre could be could be pretty cleanly divided into a few different categories and now it kind of just doesn't mean anything now it's just like 
There's so yeah, many. I mean, like within within first person, I think the difference between like an immersive sim and a straight up arcade corridor is is pretty mm-hmm. high. Even though there's a gun, in it's absolutely high. I'm just saying different genres yeah. have. Yeah, because game genres are so kind of arbitrarily created, some of them just happen to include games that are almost unrelated to each other, and some of them don't. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. like just because those terms are so vague and like weirdly assigned, you know. And it also depends how broadly you get. Like, there's real-time strategy, and then there's turn-based strategy, but there's also just strategy games. Like, you could say that's a genre. That includes a bajillion things. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. This that's this stuff is all very big. Or, like, the genre of, of uh, quap-likes, or, or, a, <laughs> yeah, or like, a true. spelunka-like genre, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> it's got oh, its own man. terminology. I want to see someone make a... Glossary of spelunka-like I want to see someone make a oh, spelunka-like that is that controlled is a like a quap-like. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's just the most. I mean, that's just the most impossible game <clears throat> anyone could ever make. Twitch plays Spelunky is it's, basically yeah, like yeah. Twitch done plays down well. Spelunkalop. Man, how would you even do Twitch plays Spelunky? What would you? What, how would that even be controlled? Uh, It'd be a disaster. You probably have to. You probably have to queue up the commands. Well, actually, no. It might even be more funny if it's not. If it's just live. Ooh, woof. How did Twitch plays Dark Dark Souls? I don't know. Yeah. I should I should have watched I made, more, more of I that. I made the gun run rig up um Twitch plays Quop uh one oh, day, really? like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and that was just nonsense. Like you just you you couldn't you do anything. You die every single every, time. Every every time yeah. it was just yeah, it was pathetic. It, 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 yeah. I'm not, using not the a good accepted experiment. video game term die to refer to losing the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just lost the game. Fuck off. <laughs> what? What? It's important. Um, let me see if I have one more thing here. So Jonathan Decker writes, Hey, Thumbs, I finally played through The Last Express based on recommendations in previous episodes of the podcast. I was struck by how similar it felt to the game Titanic Adventure Out of Time, which came out the year prior, which would have been, I guess, 1996. Um, both games take place on iconic luxury transportation. They both feature endearing animation and amusing fight sequences. They both have a bomb puzzle, although the Titanic one is slightly more cartoonish. Finally, the events of both games are tied closely to the political climate of their time, 1912 versus 1914. Thought you'd find this interesting. If you've never played uh, Titanic Adventure Out of Time, I recommend it, but you'd have to track down an old copy. Jonathan Decker, a.k.a. Locknow. God, I've never seen that game in stores at the time. Yeah, I remember seeing I ads for see it in box. PC Gamer and Computer mm-hmm. Gaming World. Me too. Yeah. yeah, this was an era when I was like, I subscribed to both PC Gamer and Computer Gaming World all, throughout, all through the 90s. I was only a PC Gamer. I didn't know any consoles. But I also didn't have disposable income. So I was a, because of those two magazine subscriptions, which, by the way, to this day, I don't know how I subscribed to because I never paid for them ever. <laughs> and my parents. Oh, man. Yeah, I had the nev- same thing. Would never, ever have you, bought me a video game magazine of any kind. You know what it was? I or think, a video I game. I think there were you just. You could get like a 12 month subscription by buying a game or by doing. Like, I remember just Maybe having I, I must have magazines done, I must like have that all You don't think it was like. From I had GamePro for Did you just say like. No did reason. you say like Scholastic Book Club or something? Because that's the other. Uh, that's maybe the other it was Scholastic that, Book Club. You could have uh, maybe yeah. ordered I by just. I bet it was. Maybe that. you just check a box. Yeah. Yeah. You get my Teachers of Space Alien and you also get 12 months of GamePro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's how. Because I got I got or C- something CGW like that. and PC Gamer for like yeah. ye- for years. There I mean, must have been like some just card magazine. that you had as a kid. That yeah. In addition to a wholesome thing, you could get yeah. a shitty magazine. And like that was it was such a cool sorry, not actually shitty magazine. If, in the case of no, those, those were great. great. Those were really good magazines. Yeah. Um, and a funny thing about it was that because they were actual real magazines, like especially because um, I remember I would also read EGM from time to time, and they felt so different. Like 
P- PC Gamer and CGW, in terms of just the way they were formatted and published, um, felt so much more like a sort of traditional magazine, just like a normal magazine. As more text to, and feature header images as, yeah, as, opposed, as opposed to a lot to of like tiny boxed-in content magazine. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so they had a very like wide purview, and they would cover like really – they would cover games that were not like commercially – that were clearly not sort of – uh, had a lot of commercial prospects, but they were just like, well, we're trying to represent like the full spectrum of PC gaming, which includes marketing to like old history dorks and stuff like the kinds of, you know, stuff we've been talking about in some of these emails. And so I just was aware of like old history, old history, <laughs> but it's old totally fart, but it's old true. history you know dork. I mean, though. Fuck like, Nick. You know what I mean? Talking about like, and so just I was decrepit just, skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, just, I was aware of like a ridiculously, high number of PC games, even though I could, I only ever played the tiniest fraction of them. And I remember, um, because I played a lot of adventure games, I remember being super aware of all of these, including Titanic Adventure Out of Time. I just remember being constantly aware of all this stuff. But since I didn't have the internet or anything, I couldn't like watch trailers of them. It was a really weird time to Mm -hmm. like be interested in video game and like computer games, I guess in particular and have access to information, but just not the way that you do now. You have totally to really live off that demo disc. was on the yeah the disc. On yeah, the, the demo disc thing, exactly. Right? So I ended up just playing weird shit like Crusader No Remorse that I never would yeah. have known I the about. Shit out of that game, of so my, it came free with yeah, my PC. Yeah, like that I just <laughs> never would have encountered otherwise. Yeah, it's kind of good. Talking about that stuff reminded me just in the movie The Martian. I was so happy that not only was a Zork game name dropped, but Leather Goddesses of Phobos was name dropped. I know that was amazing. That was really good. Yeah. It was yeah. a good a good pull. Yeah, that was a good pull. Yeah. Well, you guys want to call it on that good pull? Let's call it a good pull. All right. Thanks for thanks for casting, guys. Thanks for being a boss. Good cast. Yeah. Bosses all around. Uh, if you have email for us, uh, please send it to questions at idlethumbs.net. Uh, I've been saying this a lot recently, but I'm really, really into the email we've been getting recently. We've been getting a lot of it, and it's been really good. So keep it coming. It is awesome. I really like reading it on the show. Um, we have also a number of other podcasts um, at idlethumbs.net, which include uh, Designer Notes, which recently published its its latest episode featuring Davey Reedon, who is the writer and designer of the recently released Be- The Beginner's Guide, as well as The Stanley Parable. Uh, that is a really good episode of Designer Notes. The interviewer in that episode is Adam Saltzman. Yes, who we mentioned. Whose work we talked about this week, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, we uh, have our most recently launched podcast, Esports Today, featuring Rob Zachney and Andrew Gruen talking about the latest in professional competitive gaming every week. There is Three Moves Ahead, also hosted by Rob Zachney, a all about strategy games. We also mentioned this week they know more about them than we do. Uh, it's a really good podcast and coming soon idle weekend with Rob Zachney and Danielle Riendo, um, Danielle formerly of this podcast. You can send them email also to questions at idleweekend.net. dot net man. <laughs> if, if you, if you want to have hours of your life occupied by people talking about video games in a way that is way more informed and intelligent than us while still entertaining, we provide <laughs> a lot of content on our website at this point for that. It's true. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Also, if you like Netrunner, uh, Terminal 7 Nels makes a podcast about that. Terminal 7. It's, it's actually, if you are the Netrunner, you actually really should. It's a really good that. podcast about that. 
Also, their audio recording quality is so high. Their podcast sounds so good. It's ridiculous. Uh. If you think this podcast sounds bad and want to hear people weirder than us talk about a card game that is (laughs) interesting, um, but sound pristine, (laughs) listen to Terminal 7. Yep. Idlethumbs.net slash Terminal 7. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks. If you want to hear Mossy and Spaff's football fact cast, you have to go to another dimension where Ollie and Spaff actually made that podcast. <laughs> <laughs>